2-1-Y Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host for today. Today, we welcome Cheryl Payne, who relaunched in healthcare sales after a nine-year career break. Cheryl shared a very detailed approach to her relaunch on our private iRelaunch Facebook page, that we wanted to discuss in depth today, and we'll also tell you the backstory on how we all connected. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to 321i Relaunch. Hello, Carol. Thank you for having me. Well, we're so excited to have you. And before we begin, I want to tell our audience how this podcast came to be. So at iRelaunch, we have many ways we connect with our sprawling and growing relauncher community. And one of them is our private Facebook group called the I Relaunch Return to Work Forum. And even though it's a large group with thousands of relaunchers, we have in this group the most personal and poignant and relevant conversations about relaunching that I've ever seen. It's really pretty amazing. About six months ago, you, Cheryl, posted one of the longest, most detailed, and also most popular posts we have ever had. It was literally a 36-step guide to your relaunch where you included ups and downs and the ultimate success, and it was all laid out for everyone to learn from and be inspired by and and just the the honesty and everything about it it was it was it was so powerful so today i hope we can glean some highlights from this incredible post and share with our broader audience your excellent advice and and what your experience was and everything you learned so Cheryl to begin can you please give us some brief background on what you did before your career break and anything you want to mention about your career break and and what you're doing now. Yes. What I did before my career break was working with a large laboratory and I was a sales rep. And so I was responsible for getting testing sent to our lab, calling on physician offices and hospitals. And uh, it was a really great career. And I was a specialist in the oncology area. And then uh, something happened with the caregiving of my son, and there was an incident, and I decided to take a career break and stay home and take care of my children. And that was for about nine years, a little over nine years, and I decided to return, and I actually relaunched back into the same position that I held almost nine years ago. Excellent. Uh, so you kept this, um, I don't know if you kept a detailed account, almost like a diary as you were going through the process. Is, is that what happened or did you write up everything afterwards? No, I actually not know, but yes, <laughs> I did keep sort of a diary. It was probably a few weeks into it and I thought, I want to document this because there are so many wonderful women and men relaunching in the Facebook group. And I thought it might be helpful to some if this ended up turning out the way that I wanted it to. And so I just started documenting everything that happened. I would go to my computer and I type it up in my little uh, spreadsheet and I had intentions of sharing it. I didn't know when, but I knew that I would be able to. 
And I just want to thank you again for thinking about your fellow relaunchers in the Facebook group, because, you know, even though we've never, most of us have never met, although some people meet after connecting in that group, there's a definite connection with, with people in the group. And the idea that you were thinking about documenting it and sharing it with them uh, with that in mind, that thank you. That, that's so nice. Um, so, you know, when I would, I was, re I've read through it a number of times and one of the parts of it that I thought was so compelling was when you were talking about being in a period that was very discouraging and you, you said you had submitted your resume to about 10 sales positions and you were rejected by all of them and you had colleagues submit your resume and, and then you didn't get any calls. And, and then, then your response to that was to continue with your networking. And I want to know if you can talk, just dive into that period with us a little bit and give us a little more detail. Yes. I just assumed that I would just submit my resumes and with my great history and background of my sales experience that I would, get calls. The phone would be ringing. <laughs> and I just kept getting rejections. And it was a little shocking. And I didn't realize, okay, this is going to be a little harder um, than what I realized. And one of the things we talk about in the Facebook group is networking. You have to network. That's going to be probably the majority of how those who are relaunching will obtain a position. And when that didn't come to fruition, that was very discouraging. Uh, but I have always been one to just continue and focus on my goal. And I just thought, well, I can't let that get me down. Someone's going to see my background. They're going to see the value that I can bring uh, to a company. And so I'm just going to continue. And so I kept networking and I ran into someone at my church who was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And I had done that as well in my healthcare sales career. I've been in laboratory and pharmaceutical. So I was pursuing both avenues. And I ran into her and it was a really a blessing because I asked her if we could sit down for coffee. I really thought at this point, maybe I need to talk with someone and figure out what is the landscape like now? Uh, what is the verbiage even in the profession that I had? And that was very important because one of the things that she shared with me was how the terminology had changed. I was saying, well, I call on physicians and I speak with the doctors. And there's so many practices now that have um, nurse practitioners and physician assistants running them versus um, medical doctors. And he said the term now is healthcare provider. And that was very important because I would have sounded very outdated had I still been just saying, well, this physician or this doctor, and when everyone is called a healthcare provider now. Uh, so she helped a lot in uh, giving me the present landscape of the healthcare industry, as well as sharing with me how she returned to work after a three-year break and what it took. And so that inspired me and it helped with my discouragement to continue my search. Mm -hmm. And then can you talk a little bit about um, when you got this interview with this with a contract company for pharmaceutical sales and they told you that you were overqualified? Yes. Um, <laughs> I had been in the Facebook group and I kind of knew about some of the podcasts, but I think I had just joined. And so I went on this interview sort of prepared 
for the sales questions that I knew I would get, but I was not really prepared for the objections of being overqualified. And when the uh, interviewer mentioned that, I kind of answered it, but I stumbled and I knew that I blew it because I didn't handle it correctly. So I wasn't surprised when I didn't get the position. And so I had been networking on the Facebook I relaunch group and one of the participants in the group had shared with me that I should listen to the I relaunch podcast on ageism. And I did uh, take that advice and listen to it. And I realized how I could have answered it better. It was such a great podcast. And I knew that it was going to help me the next time that came up because now I had exactly the answers for the objections. But actually what was helpful is to, uh, during that podcast, the ageism questions were unveiled so that I would know what they looked like and what it sounded like. And that was important. Yeah, that's one of our most popular podcasts. It's with Julie Brush. And um, it's all, it's all about um, the interview and dealing with questions of ageism. So for our listeners, you might want to check out that podcast as well. And then I, after the, recounting all of this, you wrote that you sent out more resumes, like 13 more, and you then you write rejection count is up to 25. Uh, and so, you, you know, yeah. you really laid it out for people about the timeline and the rejection and the multiple rejection. So talk about um, this next segment of your search where you started um, to work part-time and that you even applied for one of these official returnship programs at a company. And what happened at that point? Like, how did you get the part-time job or what did you end up doing? Well, right. I was looking for work. I wanted full-time, but financially I needed to have some income coming in. And so I worked part-time at my church doing childcare, which is really not my strength, but it was income coming in. And But at the same time, I was pursuing part-time uh, sales position, and I was able to get a customer service position. Uh, it was a mom-focused sales company. And I had those two part-time positions, but I still kept searching because I just really believed in myself that I know I can still do this job. I did that job for 15 plus years. I know that I might have to get up to speed with what's going on in the marketplace, but I know I can do it. So I kept up my search and I didn't put the part-time jobs on my resume because I really didn't think for what I was looking for that it would help me. I also in the interim thought maybe I should keep my options open. Maybe I should be looking further into whatever opportunity comes my way. And so I saw the Goldman Sachs Returnship Program. Now I have a degree in accounting, although most of my career has been in sales. I did accounting right out of college and I thought, well, if that's all I can do, if that's all I can get back into, I should submit my resume to that. Well, I did and I submitted it to the finance uh, area and there was a timeline when they would contact us and let us know if we had been accepted. So in the interim, there was another podcast that I saw was available and it was a, on discovery and self-exploration and it was called Back on the Career Track. 
and it discussed the five C's in career relaunching. And so it was about uh, control, compensation, culture, content, and compromise, and what you wanted in those particular areas. It's a great podcast, and it really helped me because one of the areas that I identified was compromise. I realized that I really didn't want to go back into accounting. That, that mm-hmm. Yeah, that was not part of my relaunch journey. I was not passionate about it. That's why I had left it over 20 something years ago. And I realized at that point, okay, well, I really don't hope, I, I, I really hope I don't get this returnship, even though that sounds bad. <laughs> right. Because I just knew after going through that podcast that I was focused and clear on what I was looking for. And so I would recommend that everyone do that podcast because it's really, really helpful. It's definitely a huge piece of the process is, you know, we say figure out what you want to do all over again, because it might not be what you were doing before, but it might be what you were doing before. It depends on the person. Right. So to have that clarity is really, really important. And it drives the rest of your relaunch. Yes, it does. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to 321 I Relaunch. This is your host, Carol Fishman Cohen, and I'm speaking with relauncher Cheryl Payne about her return to work experience relaunching in a healthcare sales role after a nine year career break. So, Cheryl, we just finished talking about why you were actually happy you ended up getting rejected for that returnship <laughs> role. I guess you must have ultimately found out that you yeah. got rejected. Yeah. Um, but what happened after that? Well, after that, I didn't see any more postings for my skill set and I wasn't getting any calls. And I thought maybe I'm just going to be do part time and that's just what it's going to be. But as I mentioned, I had a goal and I don't usually give up. And I said, no, I'm going to keep looking. And so I do not remember which job site it was or a job search site, but I saw this position at the company I'm with now in on October 18th. And I said, that is exactly the position I did nine years ago. Verbatim, it's what I did. I know I can do this job. I love that job. I was passionate about it. And I'm going to apply for it. And I just knew that I was going to get this position. I can't even tell you how I knew that, but I just thought there's no way that they wouldn't hire me for something I did even though it's been nine years. Mm -hmm. And so I submitted my resume through the portal. And I know we talk a lot about networking, which I think is the majority of the ways that people will relaunch. But I don't want people to underestimate submitting to directly to a job site because that's how it happened for me. Uh, It took two weeks before I heard anything, but the recruiter from the human resources department contacted me. And she said she wanted to do a 30-minute interview, and we set that up. And after the end of the interview, she said she liked what she heard, and she thought that I would be a good fit. And she was recommending that I move forward to the one-hour phone interview with the hiring manager. Mm -hmm. And so that happened, I would say, a few days after that, within a week. And one of the things also I want to kind of interject right here is that when I did interview with the manager, it went really well. He liked my background. And then he asked me, well, what have you been doing the last nine years? (laughs) And what was funny is that he hadn't noticed that I had a gap. And the reason I'm bringing this this up is because 
when I was going through this process of relaunching, I had a recruiter friend look at my resume. And I think I documented this as well in the Facebook group. And one of the things he told me to do was to pull up my resume on an iPhone and maybe an iPad. And he said, you need to see how it looks in that format. And the reason he mentioned that is he said, because most people aren't looking on their laptops anymore. Um, they're not on a PC and you need to see how it's formatted. And so initially I had put what I was doing for those last nine years as a home educator of my children. Well, when you pulled it up, on an, mm -hmm. yeah, well, when you pulled it up on an iPhone, that's all you saw on the iPhone. And what he said was people are looking quickly, but when they pull it up, they want to see the sales skill that I have, the selling skill. They mm -hmm. want to see what they're looking mm -hmm. for. If they're interested, then they will actually touch and scroll, but they're not going to scroll to find out if you have the qualification. So it needs to pop up right away. And that was really key because once I deleted that and pulled it up on the phone, right away you saw my selling skills, even though it was 10 years ago. So I say all of that because when I finally got this interview and I'm on the phone, I realized that they selected my resume based on what they saw with my past history. And the hiring manager didn't even realize till he was on the phone with me that there had been almost a 10 year gap. So was he surprised and what did that shut down the conversation in any way or what happened? Well, no, actually I had a lot of practice rehearsing. What would I say? And I phrased it as I took a career break. I had a crisis with my son an incident with a caregiver and I decided to take a career break. And then I said, I had every intention of coming back. And that's why I'm talking with you today. And then I shared one or two skills why I was the perfect candidate for the position. And so phrasing it career break versus, well, I took time off to take care of my children. Just changing how you say that I found was very helpful because you still, mm -hmm. it's just amazing how certain words you choose. And I went kept it short and went right back to focusing on my skills. And I guess the stars were aligned because he said he respected that decision that he was a single dad and he understood how difficult it was to make that decision. Wow. Interesting. Well, I just want to highlight, there's so much here. First of all, just highlighting for our listeners, the resilience the persistence, these qualities that you had, you know, you had a lot of rejection, but you picked up and kept, you know, with a, you were forward looking and, and moving, you kept up your momentum. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you said, okay, I'm, I'm going, this is really what I want to do. I'm not just going to end up working this, these two part-time jobs. I'm going to go for my goal. And, and then you, you saw that opportunity. And then the practicing out loud, you practiced um, your answers um, to anticipated questions. You, you know, you listen to podcasts to hear about suggested answers to some of these questions on our three, two, one, I relaunch podcast. And also, um, you, you know, you're, you're uh, just to pay attention to the timeline here. You had to be patient. Yeah, because and I and want to talk about that a little later in your process. You had to be even more patient, and, and we'll get to that. But just to point this out, um, in addition to these tips about using the words career break and this really interesting tip about the resume popping up on the phone a certain way, that I that's I, I'm glad we're bringing that one up. That's a new yeah. one uh, for us. 
here at iRelaunch. So, um, so what happened after you hung up from that interview with that manager? Well, then it was a face-to-face interview with the same manager, another manager, and their boss, the VP of sales, the vice president of sales. Mm-hmm. And we met, I would say it was about a week or two weeks later. And uh, it was kind of hilarious and it broke the ice when I met with them because the interview was at a restaurant uh, within a hotel and the restaurant was called The Knife. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, the Knife. Okay. The Knife. And so we kind of joked about it when I walked in and it was great because it broke the air. And they said, great name for a restaurant for you interviewing today. <laughs> and I said, yes. And it, um, it, it was a tough interview. However, I was prepared. And so that's what I would say that in relaunching, if you really, really want to relaunch, it's going to be a lot of work, but do it because the outcome can be wonderful and you can land a position that you really, really want and are deserving of. And I prepared for that interview and for hours, um, rehearsing the questions, the common questions they would ask in sales and practicing my answers and stumbling and then trying to figure out how to say it more succinctly and thinking about objections, thinking about what questions they might have on my resume or any issues they might bring up. And it really helped during that hour because I was able to answer the questions and it sounded natural versus rehearsed um, or or versus me sitting there with a blank stare and not really knowing what to say because I had pretty much covered the majority of the the questions that they were uh, presenting to me. Can you talk about the research you did on LinkedIn and the presentation you put together and how, wh- how and why that happened? Oh, yes. I wanted to know a little bit more about who I would be interviewing with. I wanted to see if there would be a connection. And so I went on LinkedIn and I looked up all of their profiles And that was profitable because one of the managers, we had a similar background where he was an accountant uh, out of college and then quit and went into sales. And we were also from the same area in New Jersey. And so it broke the ice as well because they asked me, well, what did you do to prepare for this interview? And that will be a question that a lot of companies may ask. What did you do to prepare? And I told them that I stalked all of them on LinkedIn. And so they all started laughing. (laughs) And the uh-huh. vice president of sales said, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I was able to connect with them. And also, I put together a 30, 60, 90 day plan of action if I had been chosen for the position. And that sounds like a lot of work, I know. But for sales, it's common. That is what they want to see is how are you going to put together a plan to gain sales for our company. And the first 90 days, they want to see if you have an understanding of what it takes to do that job. Uh, Some sales reps may not prepare that for an interview, but I thought in my position after taking a career break, I need to do that. And I was able to put put it together from the example I got from my friend that I met for coffee, who was a pharmaceutical sales rep. So with her assistance, that helps with networking. I was able to prepare this. I also took some time to go to Kinkle's and have it done professionally 
and I had three copies for each of them. And so they were really impressed with that and they were blown away. And I would say that if anyone who's relaunching, even outside of sales, if they took the time to do that, I think they would blow away the person that they're interviewing with because that may not be something that's standard in their industry, but certainly could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, excellent points here. The research on the people that you met with, uh, the um, going the extra mile and working on this presentation and, you know, getting it printed up nicely. And you, I guess there was some thought about, you know, all the content in there and what you, how you're going to present it. And this practicing, again, all uh, really, really important points. Um, so Cheryl, after you had this great meeting, this in-person meeting with all these managers, like a really long time went by, right? And can you tell us what happened after that and how you maintained a positive outlook through this long, long wait? Right. Yes. After that interview, it went well. And they said I would hear from them within the week. And it was on November 6th, I believe. And a week went by and I didn't hear anything. And uh, I personally pray. And so during this time, that's what I was doing. And also just continuing to follow up. So I sent an email. I reiterated my strengths and I contacted the manager just to see if there was anything else that they needed. And they said no and that they would, I would hear from them. And it wasn't until I would say the 19th, which was 13 days after the interview, that I heard mm-hmm. that they were moving me on to the final interview. And that was a a one-hour call with the senior vice president. So when you said you followed up and you sent an email and reiterated, you know, your interest in the role and your, your qualifications, how many times did you follow up? And did you follow up only to the lead manager or to multiple people? Oh, okay. Yes. I think that's a great question because I did a lot of follow-up. So once I had the phone interview with the hiring manager, I sent a follow-up email thanking him and explaining why I was the best candidate. And I used the description he was looking for in a candidate because I asked him directly what was he looking for. And then I sent a follow-up email with those details. Um, Going back before that, I sent a thank you to the uh, recruiter and human resources because no one usually does. And so I wanted to do that. Then after I had the face-to-face interview with the three of them, I followed up with one email, but it was to all three individuals in the interview. And I reiterated um, a different part of a part of a skill or a desire for the candidate to have a particular skill for that position. And so I would say when you are interviewing, you're nervous and you're trying to remember everything you want to say. But it's so important to listen to what they say and what they are looking for, because then you can use that information and to take notes when they would make a comment about what the position is about and what they were looking for, I would jot down a little key notes and a couple of key phrases so that later when I sent my follow-up email, I was able to use some of the information that they shared, which tells them I also was engaged in paying attention. Uh, So I did follow up with Mm -hmm. them 
in an email and with specifics. You know, another one of our popular podcasts are with, is with Michael Neese, who's an interviewing expert. And one of the things he recommends is to bring a notepad and jot down notes while the conversation is happening. It's not rude. It's the opposite. It in, indicates, as, as you're saying, Cheryl, you're, you're interested, you're paying attention, you're, you're making some notes. So absolutely acceptable to do that. And then you have these notes because otherwise you may forget that there's a lot of activity and, and intensity that goes on when you're having these interviews interviews to so to have some of those those notes jotted down is very helpful later for exactly this purpose writing these follow-up notes thank you notes right yes and I would add just quickly to that I remember one of the managers had an issue with an area in my background and I remember just writing a little bit on my notepad the person's name concerned about this and I wrote that down because I answered the question, but I could tell during the interview that I don't think I successfully answered it. And so when I did my follow-up email, even though I copied all three of them on it, I had a separate paragraph for each one with the points that were concerning or I was just adding more value to. And that one individual, I said, just wanted to let you know, you mentioned this concern during the interview. I want to reiterate this is how I'm going to overcome this, or this is how you do not need to worry about this. Whatever it was that he had a concern with in the email and the follow-up, I was able to address it again. Mm-hmm. Again, another perfect illustration of a best practice. If you answer a question in some way that you perceive is wrong or incomplete during the interview, use that follow-up email to talk about it, clarify, complete the answer, um, or correct the answer. Very, very effective. Uh, so Cheryl, we're, we're actually uh, running out of time right now. I want to know as, as we're wrapping up, so can you just tell us um, what, what happened at the end? Like how many did, more days went by until you got the offer? Right. It was uh, two weeks and then I finally talked with the senior VP and then that was on like November 29th and they said I would hear and then I didn't hear anything for two more weeks. Mm. And at this point, I usually see posts where people ask, should I call? Should I follow up? And it's always good to do that. It's you might hear that you're not the candidate. We found someone else, but you don't have to wait for them to contact you, mm. even if they say we'll call you or we'll notify you. And so I think it was. December 11th, somewhere around there, I left a voicemail because I didn't get the HR person on the phone. And I just said, I wanted to follow up. I've been interviewing and I just wanted to know, am I moving on in this position? Am I going to get an offer? Should I keep looking? Mm -hmm. And at the time, I really didn't have anything, but you have to have that confidence that you value that you are a top candidate and that other companies would be interested, even if it's true or not, you have to believe that other companies would be interested in interviewing you and hiring you. And this process had taken so long. Here it is, December. It started in October. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, the human resources manager contacted me and apologized and said, she's so sorry. Uh, it has been taking a while because people are on vacation, but we are working on your offer. And we hope to have it to you the next day. Wow. And I was really excited. And then I got the call the next day and 
she gave me the verbal offer over the phone and I was blown away and I started crying uh, because it was way, way, above, way above what I thought they would offer me. And it was as if I had not been out of the workforce for nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a very, very strong, uh, fair market value offer. I mean, it was so good. I didn't even need to think about asking for more or, um, because it was way over what I thought mm-hmm. the range would be. Mm-hmm. Well, that is terrific and a great um, ending to the story. And we know that you've been back in that role for a while. And how is it going? Is it different than you expect? Or does it, does it feel very similar to what you were doing before? Oh, actually, it's very different. And I'll just try to keep this brief. But it's amazing the technology that has taken place with oncology testing, because I don't know if I did my title, but it's oncology sales, uh, an account executive. And so when you're going to a doctor and you think you have cancer, they're going to take a sample of a specimen of something, blood or tissue or something, and they're going to send it to a laboratory to confirm or diagnose. And that Mm -hmm. process has changed so much that it's been a little bit of a learning curve because of the technology and the level that they can find out about how to diagnose cancer has really has taken off. Wow. Well, uh, you just from the way you're talking about it, you can tell the passion, the joy, the investment that you have in in a role which you said that you you loved before, and I'm I can tell that you love it again. So I'm I wish you the best of luck, and and it's just so exciting to talk to you and hear the story. Um, Cheryl, before we um we finally sign out here, um. You've given us nonstop advice by your actions and your examples throughout this whole conversation. But I still want to ask you the final question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, do you have a piece of top advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Well, I guess it's a combo of things, but I will try to just say, um, just persevere. Don't give up. Uh, Be prepared. Do more than you think you need to do. Uh, Practice your interviewing skills. It's been a long time. Stand in front of a mirror and talk to yourself and get those words out before you have to say it in front of someone. And uh, take notes and follow up. Don't be afraid to follow up. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call the human resources and just inquire about the position and the status. And don't forget to ask questions. Uh, Sometimes I hear from my recruiter friends that people will go on interviews and they won't they won't have any questions. So when they say, do you have any questions for us? I would make sure that you really are researching the company and asking some questions pertinent to the position and showing them that you've done some research and that you're interested in the job because you have some valid questions or concerns. That's wonderful advice. I hear that. I hear three P's, persevere, prepare, and practice. (laughs) Cheryl's three P's. And then um, take notes, follow up, and ask questions. Great, great advice for our relauncher audience. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. 
And I'd like to remind our listeners that if you are a relauncher, you can request to join our private Facebook group, which is called the iRelaunch Return to Work Forum. And then you have to answer a few questions in order to be admitted because we do that in order to um, limit the group purely to relaunchers and not anyone else. Uh, And we look forward to connecting with you there. So thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of I Relaunch and your host. For more information on I Relaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. Oh,